Welcome to the Spiritual Boss Babe Podcast. If you're a woman who is ready to step into your power and manifest a life and business that sets your soul on fire, then you are in the right place. I'm your host, Stephanie Bellinger, and I'm a mindset and success coach for spiritual entrepreneurs. I am obsessed with helping my fellow soul sisters shine their light and live out their purpose so they can experience more magic in everyday life. We all have a special purpose here and we're meant to share our message and gifts with the world. You deserve to be fully supported emotionally, spiritually, and financially from doing your soul's work. Together, we can make a massive impact in the world and it's time. So let's do this. In today's episode, I have the amazing Tina Marie Clark here with me. Tina Marie is a model, mother, creator, and author of the Shift Stir Method, which is a five-step mindfulness method to help you turn negative thought patterns into more empowering ones so that you can create a more fulfilling life and live your dreams. Tina Marie helps women of all backgrounds discover the transformative power of everyday experiences. And the Shift Stir Method encourages women to get vulnerable and honest with themselves and practice true Using to respond rather than react. In this episode, Tina Marie dives into what her shift sir method is and how she utilizes it, as well as how it has transformed her life completely. I know that you're going to get so much out of this, and I can't wait for you to dive in. So when you listen, make sure you tag me on Instagram at the spiritual boss babe, and check out the show notes so that you know where to find and connect with Tina Marie after this episode. So without further ado, let's welcome Tina Marie onto the show. Hello, Tina Marie. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to dive in to all the juiciness that you have to share. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor and uh, I know we're going to jam today. I got some energy in me. My kids are, you know, with their yeah, yeah. So I'm really excited to dive in. Yeah, it's going to be really good. I can already tell. <laughs> and I love your energy and enthusiasm for all of it. Thank you. So Thank you. You've created this amazing method to help people change their stories and really step into their power and create the life they want, essentially, which we're going to dive into all of it. But I want to hear, like, what was your journey leading up to coming up with this and creating this and sharing this and getting it out to the world? I would say that I, I was just thinking about this and my, my inspiration comes from my desperation, my desperation to out of messing up and screwing it up so many times. And at the end of the day or at the end of a, a bad cycle, I always was left with the fact that the common denominator was me. That no matter where I went, no matter who I was interacting with, even if it was a, the closest friend, I would somehow sabotage it. So I knew that there had to be something that I could do that was internal within me that I could create shifts within myself. And that really, I struggled a lot with shame tremendous amount of shame of who I was, how I was. I grew up very poor. I just felt inherently like other. I felt really other and I felt less than. And I 
just use these um, default, my default defenses. I used all of these things to protect myself and to ward off any, you know, possible threats. And those things were incredibly powerful and potent, but they also became so destructive in my life that I did, I, I used them no matter what the circumstances were. So I would use my verbal knives or my emotional swords to protect myself from the most benign thing. Like somebody cutting in front of me in the line at Whole Foods, I'd have a full on like ego experience where I would think that I would have to protect myself. And I just was going from one stir to the next. And I felt like I lived in a stir storm. And what I mean by a stir, it's like uh, when any time you deviate into a negative thought pattern. And I felt like I had no time in between those sequences of stirs that I was in a, it, I was in a stir storm. I spent years, years of my life um, completely engulfed in that storm. And I knew there had to be a different way. I couldn't live like that anymore. There had to be a different way. I did not come here to, first of all, play small. And second of all, I did not come here to be in so much pain, mm -hmm. so much suffering, so much emotional suffering. I was like, how do people, like I would look at people and I would, I would think, how are they walking around? Like how, how is every, if, if they're going through what I'm going through, how is everybody able to like have a job and have families? And I just could not understand what was going on within me. So I had to be a seeker and I absorbed copious amounts of books and retreats and whatever it was. And the shift store method is really my top five and my biggest um, ways of returning back to center and getting myself back when I'm stirring, when I'm going, creating chaos and, you know, creating just, you know, outcomes that are not aligned with my true nature. When I'm in that, when I'm doing that, I had to do and create something that would allow me to go back yeah. to where, to back to me. So I could change that. So I wouldn't have to keep on recreating recreating drama, um, just chaos, complete chaos, emotional. Mm. So was there like a turning point? Like what, when was like the moment when you were like, I have to do something about this? Cause it sounds like that was a really, um, like deep pattern of how things were for you for quite some time. So when you decided to finally like work on yourself and like get to the bottom of it and shift things, what was that like for you? Did something happen in your life that caused you to be like, all right, enough is enough? Or was it like over time? It's over time. It yeah. was, I would say enough is enough. And then I wouldn't know how to change it. And then mm. I would get frustrated. So I, I find it interesting when people say, oh, was there a one time? And it's not as if you, uh, you get this method and then you're just, you're relieved or you're, you're okay or you're, no, I have to work this method every single day, even now. 
So I just started implementing and slowly but surely seeing the results and noticing that if I chose a different direction, what the outcome was. So I was becoming a little scientist within myself and trying things on, uh, you know, if it was manifesting or if it was law of attraction, if it was, you know, uh, whatever it was that was kind of popular, I would be able to do it with excellence. I could manifest anything. I still can manifest anything. But the problem with that was I could never keep it. Mm. And I could never like hold on to the abundance that I could attract because my narratives and what was going on within my mind would just destroy it because I was not able to get out of my own way. So I could get these great things and amazing jobs and opportunities, but I would sabotage it because my internal dialogue was so um, negative and so destructive that it would take my biggest blessings, the best things that would happen to me and turn it into something bad. So no matter what the situation was, my mind would self-narrate what that meant. Wow. it would go on no matter what it was. It was always causing me, my ego, my, you know, my ego's attempt to destroy my life was so fierce and so strong that I, if I didn't do this work, I know I would be gone. I know I would be like either, you know, a drug addict or would have just, I don't know how I would be dead, but I know that if I, if I didn't do this work, I would be the path of that destructive behavior had no end. And it was so strong and so powerful that it would distort anything. So I just felt that there is, there's no, um, there's no end to that level of suffering because it, it has a multitude of, you know, opportunities to create chaos because even now, like, what's the difference between my life before and my life then? It's not necessarily that much physically different. It's emotionally different. There's a different receiver. And I had to change the way that I received information. Wow. And how does that look? Is that part of the method? That is. That's really what I had to do. I had to create a method that... So the method went unmethodized like it didn't have a name for so long. I had been doing it, applying it, but it was just my way. Then when I wanted to, um, you know, share my gifts and be in communion with women, uh, talking about how we can find our path and find our strength, it really came down to it that I needed to find a way and how I could um, deliver that message. So I started just, you know, I was working with a coach and I would chip away at what that would look like, what it would, whatever. Never did I think I would have a book. Never would I think that I had, have a method, write a book. That's just so, you know, that's the opposite of what my ego's narrative has had and has to say about me. It says, you're a bad writer. You're terrible. You're not this, you're not that. But I really had to know deep within myself that I, I came here to do this work. Mm -hmm. I know I was born to do this. I know that with every cell, every ounce of me there is on this planet in a material form, I know I came here to share this message. And when I started inching towards wanting to 
um, prepare myself to say something. I didn't even know what it would look what it would look like. When I started inching, then I believed that I really uh, received the method. It came so, down like a stream of consciousness. It was just here. It was one was, day. It was just like, it. I, I say when I received it, when I got it. And I, mm-hmm. I got it from, I, but it, you could say above, you could say from the universe, but I was ready and I was able to receive the, the gift without sabotaging it because I was mm-hmm. ready. And it had to be at that point that I was able to receive the method. The method. But the method was so embodied within me because... I knew this, this was already my jam and it just needed my, I was waiting for the container. I had all the components. I just didn't have the vehicle where it was like shifts are a method. I didn't know it was a method. I, it, but it came down to me and I caught it and I was like, Oh my God, this is it. This is what I've been talking about. Oh my God, this is really it. Oh my God, this is, (laughs) I remember calling my mom like, Oh my God, we like, this is really what I, I was just astonished. I couldn't believe that this came to me. Wow. I, I got the opportunity to work with this because it is really extremely powerful and potent ways of actually changing stuff. And the power that I get and the power that I see other women get by working the method is just like, I always think of that uh, rap song, Getting High on Your Own Supply. Mm-hmm. I get high on my own supply. I get high off of other people doing and shifting and getting that and understanding that and creating that when they do that, that just the power that they feel in themselves, because I can't make them do it. It's only them. It's only the, the person that is brave enough to sit with their shit, sit with the stuff that comes up that is uncomfortable. I can't make someone do that. Yeah. But when they choose it, and they're brave, and they're able to do that, miracles, magic, whatever you want to call it, happens. I've seen it time after time. I experience it now. And I'm like, I couldn't even have asked for that outcome because I wouldn't have been that creative. Yeah. And when I allow myself to sit, there is infinite possibilities that are far better than whatever I could come up with. Wow. I love all of what you're talking about here. And it's funny that you mentioned like receiving it and allowing it to come. And like, as you were saying that it makes sense because not only were you ready, but you've been doing the work all the way up until that point. And it sounds like you kind of reached this moment of like, let me have it. (laughs) And it sounds like it was basically channeled through. Channeled through. That's how I, I, that's basic. I don't know what level uh, your listeners or other people's listeners are. And I even feel weird sometimes saying it because I don't even have that language to even know what that was. Like, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know anything about channeling or I don't know anything about that, but I know I absolutely did. I received that gift. And like you were saying about taking the little, like moving towards what I loved I had zero expectation. I was, ex- I was really happy to just be on the path of doing what I loved. I was so happy to be in there and jamming with my, you know, my coach because it was the thing that I loved more than anything. So there is a quote, uh, when luck is when opportunity meets preparation. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's when I got quote unquote lucky with the method because I was inching towards it having no idea how it was going to show up, 
but I've laid down my attachment for how it was going to show up and I just moved towards it. I didn't think, I never even would have expected that for myself. Uh, writing a book, having a method, owning that, me? Mm. Wait, so you're, was- you're, you're just a model. Wait, you have something to say? Like, I would say that to my, in my mind. Like, oh, you were just this. And what do you mean? You're going to have a, a mindfulness method? You're a hot mess. That's what I was saying to, to me wow. in my mind. And I'm like, yeah, I am. I am a hot mess. And I'm, but I know this is true. And I know that this works. And it is an injustice to myself. And it, what I came here to do, I cannot ignore the call. And I got a call and I knew it. And I still know it. And it doesn't matter if it's to five people. It doesn't matter if it's one woman. It is my life's purpose to come out here and do that. And I think that anybody listening now, we all have that. We all have something that is dying to be birthed through us, dying to to live. And you don't know what it would be called, or you don't even know what area it is, or you don't even know what it is. You don't even know what lights you up or excites you. But really just inching towards the things that you get passionate about the things your 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 eyes or your your uh, heartbeat changes when you talk about it and it's positive it's not like when you're pissed off at someone but when you're talking about or doing or being with whatever it is it could be you love you know writing you feel great about writing keep on writing whatever it is moving towards that and allowing um, you're becoming to manifest without expectation. Beautiful. Because I really had no expectation whatsoever. I didn't even, I just knew I was enjoying the process. And then when it came down to me, I was like, oh, that's exactly what I have to do. So was your book the first, like the first vehicle in which the method came out? It was the first time I was talking about it. Wow. It was the first, I was not even in that arena at all. And then all of a sudden I have a method and um, I have this book and then I have to catch up to that. But that's why I'm so thankful for the year and a half that I was inching towards it because it wasn't that it arrived and I had to prepare. It was, I was prepared and it arrived and I could take off with it. Because yeah. I had already done the underbelly. I already knew it intrinsically. It was, it was there. I just needed the, the vehicle. Beautiful. So I would love to hear like what more about the method. Like what are the five steps? How does yes. it work? <laughs> Let's get so, into the magic of it. So the, um, the method is a mindfulness method to get your shit together and shift your perception. When we, I call them stirs, which are when you're triggered or when you've deviated into a negative thought pattern, we start with the stir. The first step is recognize you've been stirred. Number two, the most potent of all steps, and if you listen to one thing in this podcast, it would be to do this. It is the sit. Surrendering to the emotional posture of sitting. Mm. It's not a meditative pose. It's an emotional posture that you keep within your mind that when you've identified your stirring, you allow yourself to not react. 
and your only job is to endure the emotions and allow the emotions to settle. You don't have to think about them. You don't have to come up with an answer. You don't have to come up with a solution. You could want to do whatever it is that you want to do, but do not react in an external way. Sitting without reaction. Then there is the third step, which is the sift. Sifting through and really unpacking and deconstructing all of the thoughts that created the stir. When the guy didn't call you back, what did your mind think that meant? When you weren't invited to that birthday party, what did your mind think? Does it mean that you're not enough, that your friends don't like you, that you're never invited? Does it, it pushes against all of these things that you have wounds that nine times out of 10, those wounds are begging to be healed within you and you're getting stimulus and getting situations and people and circumstances that are pushing upon that, that pain, and you're dealing with the discomfort. And when, you, when you're sifting, you're getting clear on what the thoughts are. What did your mind think that meant? Because you're always having thoughts create emotions that have reactions. When we're reactive, we don't realize that we just, you know, emotionally assaulted our brain by going through this, you know, jam-packed, we like copy and paste from our past. We interpret our boss not emailing us back as something that really is copied and pasted from our past onto our future. And we view situations through the lens of someone that is wounded and hurt. So our experiences are interpreted and filtered through this lens. And the Shifter method is designed for you to get clear on that lens and what that lens is telling you. Nice. Then the fourth step is the share which is being in communion with other women and owning your awful and sharing and being honest about what is actually going on for you within your stir. So a lot of women will talk about, uh, I've seen this happen where they think that they're doing the share, but they're actually recounting uh, being uh, authentic or honest enough with what was actually going on. And when we sit and tell the truth to other women and say, you know what, when my husband didn't come home the other night, I was really worried because I had been, you know, my mom was cheated on and I was, you know, I thought, oh my God, he could be doing this to me. He could whatever. And when he came home, I lashed out at him and said, oh, where do you think you're going? You know, whatever it was, we're taking an experience and viewing our situation through the lens of something that was wounded in us. So no matter how it shows up, it's touching upon that wound. But when we speak truthfully and, and vulnerably to women about what we really thought, not I was mad at him because he didn't come home on time. It's never just that. It's always 
when he didn't come home on time, it brought up a story that was painful for me. Mm -hmm. And I re-experienced it through his action. It's like taking radical responsibility. Radical responsibility. I did. He didn't do that. You did that. You, you and and really, it was for me. Like when I started realizing it, I was like, "Oh my God, Tina Marie, you are so mean to yourself. So mean. I was so mean. My mind. I would let it travel into these really dark places that had nothing to do with the circumstances." But my brain or my ego was left so unattended, it would just create any and draw parallels to anything on the exterior world. It would correlate the most benign, silly things to somehow correlate that I'm not enough. Yeah. And I was exhausted from that. And when we share and we tell the truth and to ourselves too being honest about where your mind went and how, and that's really where the power comes in too, where you're able to realize that we, that you are a creator and you are creating a narrative inside your mind that have, has created this outcome because there's tons of examples where that exact situation could have happened to someone else or you five months ago, and you wouldn't have reacted that way. What is the difference if it's the same on the outside? It's something that's going on in the inside. And when we see the power and recognize the power and shift our power to create into something that's self-generated and catching ourselves in our, catching our ego red-handed when it attempts to sabotage us and hurt us and cause us pain, when we catch that, that's when we become confident and powerhouses. That's when we feel that creator magic. And you start feeling like a wizard. You're like, wait, if I, if I can catch this and I, can, I don't have to experience this over and over and over. And I see a lot of women, and myself included, we have very similar stories that keep showing up in the same way. And we're, you know, you could be dating the same guy the last 10 guys you've dated. You could be, you know, uh, having the same situations with your girlfriends where you're always the, the third wheel. There's always two girlfriends and then you. Or you'll create a circumstance where you'll have, um, you always get uh, betrayed. So it's like, how is that possible that one person can be betrayed that many times? Yeah. That was it's, one for me for a long time. Yeah, <laughs> yes. So it's like, oh, well, we may somehow, without knowing, un- subconsciously or unconsciously, be creating circumstances and events through we can create that to happen. We call that in in some way because we need to heal, because we either need to let go of the narrative. You have three options. You can stay and continue to do what you're doing. You can leave and still suffer because you never dealt with it. Or you can stay and really shift within your own mind that no matter what the circumstances on the outside plane, that you're okay with or without that person or that situation. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's freedom to me. Being able to, no matter what it is, even if someone is intentionally trying to hurt me, my ultimate dream is to be able to not have my ego go crazy 
I want to be able to sit solid within my own awareness and my own confidence to not react because there isn't a part of me that believes in it. Yeah. And when we do this work, we unravel and unwrap our belief system. Is that the fifth step, like changing the story? The, 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 the uh, fifth step is the shift. Mm. That's when you've done all the four steps. You cannot do the shift store method without there going, there's going to be a shift. When you are honest and really actually do the steps, you cannot be the same person after you've done that work. Even if it's something simple, I'm not saying you're, you're not going to date, you know, uh, you know, uh, married men anymore, or, you know, some of the women that I uh, speak with, they're like, date, they're always dating married men. And I'm like, they may not break that pattern right away, but they may be able to recognize the correlation to their childhood that having, uh, being the other woman actually feels like some, something that they had with their mom the energy that they had a relationship with their mom, they can create a shift where they can start seeing it for what it is. Not that they're bad women, but, oh, I'm really trying to soothe my eight-year-old self. And being able to unlock and, and you know, dismantle our belief system and looking at them and observing them and watching them is... It's just powerful. So when you do the work and do the workbook and allow yourself to really be open with what's actually going on in your mind, you cannot come out the same, the other end of doing the method, the same person, something will shift. It may not be, like I said, you may not leave that guy, but you, you will, you can't unring a bell. And once you've seen that, once you've been, once it has been illuminated, you will just create more momentum for more to be shown to you. Wow. So do, so in the shifting part, do, this is so powerful, by the way, I love how you made it like so simple and like I, I need it to be simple, by the way, that's, I, like when I got the container, I was so happy because even in myself, it wasn't, I didn't have the steps quarantine or, you know, siloed out in my mind. So even now when I have to use it and I use it often, I'm so thankful that I even have a number two, like, okay, I know what I'm doing. Okay. You're stirring. Okay. TM, you need to sit, 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 sit. And I'll do my sit mantras and I'll tell myself, but it's important for me to even have the, like where I'm at in the process to know where I need to go. So I can kind of busy myself by saying, okay, after my 24 hours, I'm going to be able to sift. Let me create a little time in the morning tomorrow and I'm going to sift. So I do like the simplicity of it because it's really, really complex things. Creating a pause in your life and sitting is one of the hardest things for people to do. Mm -hmm. It's so simple. It's a three-letter word, but it is so hard for people to sit. And when they create space, even if they can sit for three minutes, that's a successful sit. Does it matter how long? It doesn't. What it's designed for is to create um, the neutrality to be able to deal with it or be able for you to be able to uh, respond versus react. Okay. So is it more like kind of 
taking a pause and becoming like the observer? Yep. I don't really observe when I'm sitting because my only thing that I need to do is not hit someone okay, or not yell at someone or, or reduce that desire to react, whatever it is. If yeah. I, if I'm fantasizing of like, you know, sending that email that's so nasty and so mean because my ego is like on a tear. My job when I'm sitting is just to sit. I don't have to figure it out. I don't have to know why. I don't have to whatever. My only job is to sit. Now, sometimes I, I sift while I'm sitting if I'm, if I'm curious. Yeah. Sometimes I'm, I, when I realize I'm wanting to be reactive and I'm like, oh, girl, you know what you're going to do there. Like, this is not going to end up good. When I, and I've had such an um, arsenal of opportunities for me to know exactly what I would do. Because I had such bad behavior, I know exactly what this girl is going to do. And I know the outcome. The, the outcomes are really very minuscule in, in terms of its ability to create joy is zero. It's only going to create further chaos. So when I sit and I allow myself to surrender, I will sometimes if I want to busy myself, I will go into sifting and getting into the narrative or whatever it is. But if you're like, okay, I'm just overwhelmed. I just want to react. Your only job is to sit, 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 sit. And I will not react to this. I will allow it to reduce in its energetic frequency it's like if somebody's throwing a, you know, a hot uh, coal at you or a hot potato or something really hot, our reaction, our initial reaction is to just get it off of us and throw it. We catch it. So when we catch feelings, we want to throw it off of us. And we use, we want to get it off as quickly as possible. We do not want to sit in the discomfort of the pain of of that incident. So a stir is the, the coal. You have this hot boiling issue that you just want to stop feeling the pain of. So you want to react to get it off of you when you want to reduce the pain. When we sit, we allow ourselves to experience the pain without trying to alter it. And it will lose its power and its charge when we sit with it and we're not saying no to it. Got it. it. It reduces its ability to destroy. And, and, and let's just say you've been sitting on something that normally triggers you, stirs you all the time. By the 10th time you've been sitting, it's not as hot anymore. It's not, a, you don't have to get it off as quickly. You can sit with it. Can I sit with the possibility that uh, you know, I'm never going to get married? Or can I sit with the possibility that I'm never going to have children? Can I sit with the possibility that I um, won't ever uh, be my parents' expectations? Can I sit with that? So when I'm going around in my life and I'm surveying and viewing life through that lens, I'll find situations and circumstances that will confirm that truth. When I sit with that, 
with my interpretation as confirmation that I'm less than or I'm bad or I'm whatever it is, you reduce its ability to destroy your insides, your outsides, your mind, your reactivity when you sit with the possibility of its truth. It's not altering it. It's not saying, yes, I am. It's not saying, no, I'm not. It's allowing it to just be and experiencing the pain so we can ultimately have it reduce. Mm -hmm. So when somebody uh, you know, calls us a whatever it is, if we've been sitting on that, like somebody calls you, you know, bitch, and that's a word that triggers you. And you're like, anytime call, somebody calls me that, I just go off the handle. I don't know why, but my narrative inside my mind is this. When you have been sitting and surrendering to this, it becomes benign at, at some point where you're like, oh yeah, I'm a bitch. Yep. Uh, yeah, like you become more intimate with that thing where it doesn't have its ability to knock you off course. Yeah. Because you've done the work where you're going through the method and um, realizing why it has such a charge. So even if it does bring in that initial rush where you just want to react, when you sit with it, you're just reducing its it's power over you. That word no longer can have that charge anymore because you're, you're working with it and you're altering it. You're altering your, your um, relationship with that word or that thought. When you allow it to actually go through you mm-hmm. and allow it to be without altering it. And a lot of the time, what we do is we tinker. We tinker with the outside world to, I'll feel better when you do this. I'll feel, feel better when I get this job. I'll feel enough when I make $300,000. All for when I have, that, have a baby. Whatever it is, we have all of these things that if we, if we get these external circumstances, we'll feel enough. And if there's anything in our outside world that is not uh, indicative of that, we are going to react because we have a goal in our mind. We want to have that baby. We want to have whatever. So we're on high alert for situations and circumstances that are confirming that to us. And if it goes the other way where it's like, oh, that's not happening, we pounce because we have this idea that you'll fill, that person will fill you up. That yeah. person will make you feel whole. So if anything gets in that way, in the way of that, you're going to react. And when we take accountability and responsibility for what goes on within our mind, that's when we just become like sorcerers. Like sometimes I'm like, I'm I'm a wizard. Like this is some cool stuff. You just start feeling your, um, the creator energy. You're like, wait, I can actually alter things. Yeah. Because you, you take your power back and you also, it sounds like by doing this, you connect to yourself in such a deeper way. It's, it's intimacy. Yep. It's intimacy. And I, I love intimacy as, um, into me, you see, Mm. into me, you see, And when we do the share, when we're doing the fourth step and we allow ourselves to truly be seen, not the sweet parts, not the highlight reel, not the all the great things, but when we allow ourselves to be seen in our humanity, and I call it own your awful, when you own your awful and own the truth about what your mind is saying, 
it is so liberating to you to, to unlock that. And it's also, it, it releases the shackles on so many other people when they get to hear it because they don't feel so alone because they're going through it. Everyone is going through this on some level and with something. I, you know, I always think of the girls that um, they, I'm, I react outward and a lot of girls uh, react inward. So their reactive behavior, behavior is, you know, assaulting themselves emotionally inside wow. where they'll, it'll manifest in, you know, they'll say that there's truth to that narrative that they had in their mind and they'll eat, you know, a dozen donuts because they want to soothe themselves where it's not that they're going to go out and hurt someone or be nasty to someone. They, they're nasty themselves and they yeah. cause harm. So it, it can manifest in so many different ways, but there are, our default defenses are, are really, we've cultivated them for a really long time. And it takes a lot of sitting and a lot of noticing for us to release that pattern. But we have the ability. This is, this is not for the faint of heart. This is for the brave. This is for a woman that is uh, wanting to really experience her power. Yeah. This is not for somebody that's like, oh, yeah, I want to read some positive quotes. <laughs> no, this is not the work for you. You can just, it, you won't get it. Mm -hmm. It's for the woman that has tried it all who is sick and tired of promises of that's going to make me feel better. If you're sick and tired of yourself, and if you're sick and tired of doing the same patterns, the method is for you. Mm. It, 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 so when you're sifting, that's, that allows you to really get to the core of it even more. Yes. You're getting, you're getting in there. And this, you're really, this is deep work. It, it is. It's, it's very deep work. And it's um, the accountability. And also, like, when we don't know, how, a lot of these um, stirs happen within a millisecond. All of a sudden, we think, all of a sudden, we get this reaction. Uh, we're stimulated on the outside. And it causes a create crazy, uh, a stir storm. You're in this, you know, crazy environment of chaos within your mind and it happened within a second and that's when we copied and pasted from our past and lump all of these thoughts feelings and emotions from our past because it's reminding us of that time mm -hmm. of that feeling and we're doing our best job to avoid that so it's within a moment that we have this like down of information on how to interpret this situation. And we, when we don't catch that and actually sift through all of the little, um, you know, little files that are in that download, all of those little thoughts, then we're just at the whim of that download. We're at the whim of whatever that thing says, whatever our mind says. And we're just going based upon our old habits, our default defenses on how we protect ourselves from this pain. And it happens within moments. All of that, that could happen within a minute. Yeah. So after they're sifting and they're aware and, you know, getting to the core of it 
and then share it and own their awful, be vulnerable, not try to push it away. Yeah. Is then that you decide on basically creating a new meaning instead of the old meaning? Yes, you are. It, it can be something as, so you're doing the four steps and then you are experiencing the fifth step isn't something that's actionable. It's something it's like that it's you experience. Per, it's a shift in perception. A shift in perception. You started out this way. Got it. I was stirring. And at the end, when I did this work, my view of this has shifted because I uncovered the truth or I attempted to uncover the truth. Mm -hmm. So when you keep on doing that and you keep on sitting, keep on sifting, keep on sharing, you'll keep on shifting because you'll uncover more and more of why, how, and it just, when we move towards that, like we were talking about when I was trying to figure out how I was going to, you know, share my gifts with the world, it was, I was inching closer and closer and then things opened up. And I think it's the same thing when we inch closer and closer to the truth, more of the truth becomes apparent because nine times out of 10 in our minds, it's, it's them. They did that. They hurt us. They manipulated us. They are mean. They are, it's always someone else. Yeah. Even though it's really not. It's always yeah. someone <laughs> When you, yes, it, it, it's when you realize that it's not them and that it's you that there is a part of you that is responding to this because you've somehow employed them in your, in your life story to show you where your stuff is to heal. And you can start realizing that that's when you get, when you start getting your power, you're like, Oh, I just paid you kind of, <laughs> I have this contract with you for you to be an actor in my life's story. And you're showing me this so I can heal this. And it's, you're not at the whim of them anymore. You're like, oh, you're, you're the presenter. You're the gift bringer. You are showing me how I can be whole. Mm. And when I keep on making it about you, I just diminish my own power. But when I go inward and I take, I, I say, when I'm in there and I'm sitting, when I sit, it is the most powerful tool I can ever give to anyone. My family, my kids, my work, my anything. When I sit, I actually become a magnet for everything that I want. When I don't sit, I am a magnet for everything I don't want. Wow. And what is predictable. Wow. I know the outcome of when I go, you know, stirring and creating drama. But when I sit, I open myself up for possibilities that I couldn't even create because I'm not source. But when I'm in a receiving mode, when I'm in a creator, like when I'm in a surrender situation, I allow myself to become a magnet for the power, for the power to come back to me and more possibilities. I align with it. And that's really aligning with your truth, your true nature. Yeah. And it takes uh, a lot of bravery, like you said, to do this because it's so easy to blame outside circumstances or other people 
on how you feel or they did this to me or whatever. And so it's like taking that responsibility. Yes. And taking your power. You're like, oh, you could be whatever it is that you're going to be, but that has nothing to do with me. Mm-hmm. And also not, and also like, I think it's also important for people to, cause I know that I've done this and many people that I've worked like clients and students have gone into this place of feeling bad about themselves because they feel like it's their fault. It's not yes. about putting blame on you. It's just about saying, oh, this is my stuff. I'm going to look at it. I'm going to sit with it, as you say, and I'm going to shift it. Amen. Yeah. Being responsible for your narrative. And I think that that's really um, where we become just, it's not a blame. It's responsibility. It's responsibility. And I think that we have a great responsibility to check in and to do the work. And if our life isn't working the way that we want it, we are responsible for that. That's self-love right there. That's self-love. Thank you. Yes, that is self-love. I am going to love myself through my awful. I am going to allow myself to sit so I don't even feel like that's awful anymore. That's what we do. We loosen and we, we just allow it to reduce in its magnitude, its ability to destroy when we sit. And that's, yeah, like that's, that's self-love, taking care of yourself, like actually taking care of your narrative. Yeah. So what are some of like the biggest shifts or manifestations Mm -hmm. that you've experienced in your life or clients, students of yours have experienced from doing this work? Um, I was working with this um, one woman and it was a random opportunity. It was she's an incredibly uh, talented, successful, and well-known woman. And I got a random opportunity to kind of coach her. She was in a, you know, dilemma. And she, uh, we were, she knew that I did this work and she's like, you know, can you come over? We'll, we'll do a little lunch. And I'm like, okay, fine. I end up staying hours there and we're just, unraveling and unpacking the narrative that she had been having about what she thought her husband was doing or what he, how he was feeling. So by the end of the whole session, she kind of realized that she had been doing this pattern since they got together and, and projecting her parents' relationship onto her own relationship. So she was doing that for years, 20 years with this guy. And she, I told her, it it was completely contrarian to what other woman, what other women I think would suggest for this woman to do. I said, babe, you call your man, you soften your voice and you say, babe, I really miss you. I can't wait to see you. You don't need to go on this, you know, tirade of what that meant or what he said or what he did last week. All your job is, is to surrender and sit and be kind. You can figure out the rest, whatever. Anyway, she, um, I didn't know how it went. I didn't know how it went on with her. And I assumed it was good because I hadn't heard from her, but uh, my 
my husband came back to me and he goes, I was speaking with so-and-so and she said that it felt like you waved a, uh, a wand. <laughs> she felt like she waved a wand in front of her husband and it was like they were when they were first dating and it's been like that. Wow. Crazy. It was, it gave me chills because I was like, oh my God. Like, and this was at the brink of like breakup. Wow. 20 year marriage. It was, it was really at the, it was really, but she softened and she surrendered and her narrative she had brought in from her childhood was actually ruining and sabotaging her really good relationship. But her relationship, her narrative from her childhood would make her react and survey and watch her husband and react and cause her to do and say things that were annoying and uh, bothersome and not romantic. And who wants someone that's always wondering if you're out there doing something else? She was always suspicious and always whatever. It was just, she became um, like, I, I would say like a repellent like when we were talking about the magnet being attracting what you want or attracting what you don't want, she became uh, repellent, causing um, the good things to come. She wasn't allowing good things to come. She was only interpreting everything that her husband was doing as bad. Mm. So she lost her magnetism and became the opposite of magnetic. She was repellent. She was repelling him from giving her love. And he no longer felt like he was needed. So when she surrendered to her femininity and her softness, it became balanced again. That's so In beautiful. her situation. In, yeah. in her situation. And, you know, some people don't need, you know, femininity. It, it depends on what the circumstances are. But I, I felt like I was pretty good at after speaking with her for so long. I felt like I was really, um, I knew that's what was going on. And when she was able to sit and do that and not react and take responsibility for the narrative that she had from her childhood, she released the, she released the possibilities for hus her husband to do what he's always wanted to do, which was be a good man and be great to her and do all of these things. She released the potential for that. But before she was repelling it, she was yeah. keeping it away because all she wanted to do was keep with that narrative. So she said, I, it feels like I, I waved a wand in front of him and it's back like when we first met. And it was... Just, it was just really, really cool. I was like, you go, girl. Like, I'm so proud that she knows that about herself. You know, she knows about her ability to change and create it. And she had to do that by softening and surrendering and sitting. And when you sit, you open up the portal for the good. So then you can feel better about sitting the next time. So you can feel better about it where you're like, oh, I don't really need to do that. Like I, I, you, you start to get this arsenal of good things that are happening that just, it's really cool. It's really, really so cool. awesome. That's so awesome. So where can people find more about the method, the shift sir method, your book, 
This is so much gold. I feel like we can talk forever about it. Really, each and every one. That's why it's so simple yet so big because they're really dense. Each and every step, if you just implement one of them every once in a while, will have incredible possibilities. Because just recognizing that you're stirring is really big. So many times we just go to the next thing. So uh, where you can find me is at Tina Marie Clark on Instagram. And you can buy the Shift Stir Method on Amazon. So it's the a Shift workbook. Stir method. Awesome. So you'll go, so you'll, I'll ask you questions and um, really pull out of you what is actually going on. Because just thinking about the method, you really have to do it in real time when you're stirring and it just goes through and it'll ask you different questions and give you supportive elements to help you to sit, help you to understand why you're sitting, asking you the questions to be able to cause you and create shifts, shifting your perception about the original incident, about the original stir. I love it. I'm excited to get the workbook. I'm so happy. That's so awesome. Well, thank you, Tina Marie, so much for sharing all of this. And for those listening, definitely go check out Tina Marie's book on Amazon. I know I'm definitely getting myself a copy because I'm always about like growing and expanding myself. And I think this is really powerful asking new questions, like having um, that blueprint to go mm-hmm. from. Yep. Um, and yeah, this is so good. Thank you so this much awesome. for everything. Thank you so much. And if you ever, if you're ever in there and you're like, oh, uh, and you need to DM me, please DM me. If you're ever like, shit, what do I do now? This is what's going on. I'm happy to talk anybody through, you know, the method and what to do because it's, I just love women getting that, that power. It's really cool because we all have it. And I sometimes need somebody to help walk me through it where they're like, no, no, no you got to sit. So I'm happy to answer any questions about it or, and your listeners DM me and we can talk. Yeah. And I'll leave your links in the show notes as well. Um, yeah, I just love your passion and enthusiasm about all of this too. It's like, it's so contagious. You can tell that it's so meaningful, so potent, and it comes straight from your heart and soul. It is. It's in there. That's it. it thank you. I appreciate it. But, uh, I never thought that was possible to have something like that either. Like having something that is so uniquely you. So I, uh, I'm thankful for when I get to work, work my light and work my stuff. And so thank you for having me. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> All right. I hope you have a great afternoon. You too. thank you so much for listening to today's episode if you loved what you heard please be sure to leave a review on itunes and hit the subscribe button if you want extra motivation to manifest a life and business that you're obsessed with then find me on instagram at the spiritual boss babe or visit spiritualbossbabe.com i love you and appreciate you so so much and i'll see you in the next episode i hope you have a magical day